Welcome to Kitchen Table, candid conversations about sex, relationships, and being human. I'm Brittany Paulo Castro. And I'm Nick Anthony. And today we're talking about accepting change and polyamory. Hey, Nick. Hello, Brittany. You're in your feels today. I'm deep in my feels today. But I'm observing and trying to take care of myself as best as possible. And uh, all that I'm able to do <laughs> in this moment. Yeah, I'm just in a space where some decisions have to be made. And Mm -hmm. yeah, our topic today, change, is 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 aligning very well. With where you are right now. It it truly is. And where I have been recently, which which I think I'll talk about at some point, maybe Mm -hmm. today, maybe another day. Maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) So today's episode is inspired by someone who reached out on DM on Instagram. Let me just say that I don't usually even take questions. <laughs> I, I'm loving on... that answering a question or basing the topic on today's episode around yeah. a question. It's, well, it was a, I think it'd be fun. It was a really thoughtful question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this person, like I noticed they, you know, they comment a lot on my stuff. They're like their presence in my community and they're not a creeper. It's a male. So. <laughs> Huge plus. <laughs> Huge, Huge plus. plus. They asked the question and I said, Hmm. I'm not going to answer this here because I don't have the time or energy, but I will answer this on the podcast. <laughs> but I do so happen to have a podcast. That I can talk about it. We'll talk about this at the table. At the table, mm-hmm. at the kitchen table. <laughs> so so here's, I'm not going to read the whole like, question, but I'm just going to read what it's about. And so this person wanted to know about how you deal with losing touch with, quote unquote, what's ours or what's sacred in partnership when you have multiple partners. I kind of sum that up as this is more of a question for people that have opened their relationship that was previously monogamous, Yes, which I think is, you know, pretty common. I think that that happens a lot. That's how a lot of people shift into polyamory. It's happening more and more. Yeah. And not to say that like there's solo polyamory, there's people that are like, I'm polyamorous and I'm going to engage in partnerships and they make morph and change. So that's possible too. There's lots of possibilities, but this is a more common one. And I feel like we have a lot of, um, to share about this because I, we absolutely went through this. We have experience. The feeling of loss. Yes. And so we're just going to dive in Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I have so much to say. Breakdown and reconstructing. Yes. Yes. And so here's the thing. When we have a relationship, depending on how long you've been together, we were together for five years when we opened our relationship. Yes. And all of a sudden, (laughs) so it's like we have the backing of like five years. We have the backing of cultural conditioning, which is that two people are supposed to be together and they're supposed to meet every like all the needs that the other person has, which we know. We were riding that train for a little bit, but I do think we were in conversation continually off and on. Not from the beginning. Not from the the, the beginning. first four years, we were not. But for at least three of those years, we were. No, we weren't. I I disagree. (laughs) I disagree. <laughs> I'd say the first like three years we were not. We were monogamous. We were toward the end, not the beginning, but we at some point. So yeah, the last year of those five years. More than that. No. Okay. So we're going to argue about the timing after we get off. <laughs> <laughs> Because somebody has a very good memory in this table of kitchen and someone does not have a strong memory. I will openly admit that, but also. Yes, we were 
in conversation okay. in the last, we, we like, can agree on that. in the last year or maybe two. Okay. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much for that. Uh, <laughs> give you an extra year. Yeah. But the point is that we were monogamous. Yes. And I mean, your experience of that might have been different than mine. Because it, it, I, apparently it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I was very much to consider liking other people, other people liking me. I had a lot of trauma around that with my, with a relationship when I was younger. I've talked about that. Yes. It was an emotionally abusive relationship. I quote unquote got in trouble with, for other people finding me attractive, mm -hmm. which like in my twenties that came with a thunder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like but I had it, a lot of attention. And so to uh, move. It also confuses me too when I would come across that in friendships over like people in, in relationship and, and seeing them get so upset when another per person was drawn to like their partner or well it's a threat i understand it i was just like that's just humans are going to be attracted to each other that's just a natural thing yeah and it's also part of our conditioning to think of that as a threat that makes sense too. and so it absolutely makes sense where people feel that way can we move beyond that i know i can't well you've never were like that because you are secure a, yeah so that you have to also recognize you have a secure attachment style that's... for someone that has an insecure attachment style yeah. to want to resource safety from their relationship which mm -hmm. most of us do that's one way that True. we try to do that through control yeah. yeah for me it wasn't that it wasn't like oh people can't like find you attractive or there are other ways that i enacted my control yeah but that's a big one because that's what we're taught and so it makes sense. It does make sense. But it also confuses me simultaneously. <laughs> like, it's like, yes, and. And it's just like, eh, okay. Yeah. But they both can exist. Yeah. Well, it doesn't make sense from your standpoint of being someone who really can live in a world that is a lot more free than yeah. I think a lot of us, like, people live in. It is a privilege. Yeah. Let's get into this question a little bit. So we were monogamous for five years, mm -hmm. and then we opened our relationship. All of a sudden, massive shifts happen when you open your relationship. Yep. And we definitely didn't know what we were getting into. <laughs> I mean, how can you really? You really, all you can do is take a leap of faith and hopefully it's going to rock your shit. And mm -hmm. it's you just need to be, you need to brace yourself for that and be mindful that, that that's going to be included when you do open your relationship. Mm -hmm. In terms of us elevating and moving more into it, we had to acknowledge spaces and moments that were hurting us and things mm -hmm. that we needed to do to feed us as a couple. And uh, it was a process. That's for sure. Yeah. So let's like, you know, break that down a little bit. I think the first thing to recognize is, and I always talk about this, is the idea of conditioning. And so first of all, I do think it's a little bit different these days because so many more people are talking about polyamory and oh, yeah. what it's like. I mean, even what we're doing here, what it's like to be in polyamorous relationships. And so there's a lot more discussion, language, firsthand experiences. It's one thing to read a book. Yeah. It's another thing to hear people that are in it mm -hmm. and have been in it for a long time talk about it. That's where a good majority of my input comes around this, by hearing people speak, speak about it. Mm -hmm. We didn't have that six years ago mm -mm. because it just wasn't as out and relevant as it is now. Yeah, but it existed. Like what it was, it, it was did more exist. like a, a mythical creature. And I was just like, yeah. oh, opening up. What's that like? <laughs> but I just don't think it was at the forefront of like Instagram and like, yeah. you know, like there's just so many people that are talking about it now in a bigger way. Right. And so I think that's like really important is to listen because there's lots like our experience, like when we had Kevin Patterson on, like Kevin Patterson has been polyamorous for 20 years. Mm -hmm. He like moves through his polyamory way differently. Right. And so it's also important to recognize that there's so many different 
ways that people choose to engage. Yeah. You gotta find your own normal. Yeah. And within that space. Exactly. And coming into the, you know, this question of this idea of like being in a monogamous relationship, having this bond with your partner, having these things that are quote unquote yours that are special. I can speak about this because I mean, to this day, there's still like places where I'm like, well, that's our spot. That's the spot that we go to. And I, in the beginning, I was very much like that. Like, don't go to that restaurant. Like that restaurant's our restaurant or like Ocean City is like our, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and these were like sacred special things. And for me, it was more lax the entire time. I think there were one or two spaces I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about you going to this Mm -hmm. place with that person. Where was it? Do you remember? I can't remember specifically. Because I was pretty protective. Because it wasn't, I can't cleanly say that was all on you. You literally were just Mm -hmm. like, don't go here. Don't do this. Don't do that. No, but I definitely had, I could feel in my body that there were moments where I was just like, oh, well, I don't know how I feel about that. This takes some time to gradually unpack those things. And we did. And I feel like more on my end now. I am like, when I'm experiencing things with you, I'm experiencing things with you that necessarily doesn't like, take away from the location or who someone else going there. It's just like our moments are our moments and the world is the world. Yeah. So let's go back though. Cause you're, you're at the other end. Mm-hmm. You're like six years later. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm to touch you on where, where we are now because that's where we are. <laughs> yeah. But let's go back to like, so we're only 11 minutes in yeah. kind of fill this up. So <laughs> it was a dark stormy night. Polyamory was on the prowl. If you guys notice, I am the one that steers kind of the ship of this. (laughs) I like like stream of consciousness conversations. (laughs) And so let's move back to like when we first opened and, you know, the experience of that. Like, so for me, I was, yeah, I was more in a controlling space. Yes. And that was absolutely about feeling safe. Which makes sense to me. Yes, of course. And so let's like get that straight that like the idea of feeling safe for someone your relationship's opening, like shit's hitting the fan, or maybe it's not, but maybe it feels that way, right? What are you grabbing onto to feel safe? Yes. And it's the important thing to have there while you're traversing, like, you know, this new territory, you need to have things that ground you and to make you feel safe. What did you have that made you feel safe? Us being in conversation and us also having like uh, our Sundays, which we've had the, yeah. the, the entire time. Yeah. And so we absolutely created certain things that were boundaries for us. Yeah. We know we've pushed into a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so one was Tuesdays and Sundays are our days. It's not days that we have to think about. Sundays have definitely, like, you work a lot on Sundays, so there's that. But for the most part, like Tuesdays, for the most part, I don't think I've ever asked for a Tuesday in all the time we've been playing. You've asked for a couple. I have never asked for a Tuesday. I'm yeah. very proud of that <laughs> because there was a lot of me like pushing like boundaries of our relationship. And that was one I never pushed. So Tuesdays are our night and we have salmon kale every Tuesday and Nick makes it and it's fucking delicious. Gotten quite proficient <laughs> with that pink fish. <laughs> yes, I have. So good. And yeah, and corn. We had rice for a while. We're like, mm, yeah, we, not rice. We, we skipped rice. We, we, we pulled out. Pulled Try to out. be a little healthier. Yeah, it was just, I don't know. We're feeling the weight of that shit. But, <laughs> but overall, foundationally, my cooking of the salmon uh, also expanded out into my overall desire to want to like cook more. It's been a, yeah, it's been a very comforting thing. Yeah, and I think it's a grounding thing in our relationship yeah, very, is that very grounding. every Tuesday we do salmon kale and it's just, and we go to bed together because like next to night owl, so we don't often go to bed together. Mm-hmm. And so that's just something that's very reliable. Yeah. 
right? And I think that that's a good piece. We're going to talk a little bit more about like more specifically about like losing what's ours kind of thing. But like first is this like, can you find something that feels reliable as you're moving through all of these changes of feeling like you're losing stuff? And because in a way you are, because what was is no longer. Mm -hmm. The relationship you had when you were monogamous is done, right? It is complete. And now a new relationship is birthing. But that also, that feels like a very uh, important note to be acknowledging within all relationships. Like when you first start a relationship, Mm -hmm. it is going to transmute, it's going to change, it's going to grow, it's going to shift. And specifically in this opening, like it's just, you're going to have some big shifts. But also when I think about it, it's like being a, a kite. You got to have that line that, te- that holds you to, mm-hmm, to the, the tether. Yeah. It's just something that keeps you grounded. And like, you know, you're there and you're whisking around and, but you have that one like cord that's keeping you uh, connected to your relationship. Yeah. And so the question is like, what is that cord? You have, you have, you to, have decide. to decide and discover yeah. that and talk that out. And like, what can we do in order to mm-hmm. make, to make us feel more grounded in us? And while we also experience other people, yeah, which is really important, I think. But do you think like that? what I said, like the monogamous relationship you had is over? There's one thing of, yes, things change. But oh, this is that, different. That's a fact. That's like a, it's yeah. over. Yeah. You're, it's you're, not, you're out of that space. Like, this is a completely different way mm-hmm. of being. Yeah. It doesn't mean that like everything you've had is over, but there is absolutely a morning that needs to happen. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think people miss that. They miss that, it. They miss the morning. Yes. And then that, com- that pops its head up in some uh, unconscious or conscious way down the line. Yes. And so for us, this is what comes up for me. I don't know if you remember this is when we would go to the shore for a week. So in Jersey, we call it the, well, I mean, we're in Philly. We call it the shore, go down the shore. (laughs) (laughs) Shore, beach. I'll receive all of them. Well, I'm just saying like, if somebody's like, what the hell are you talking about? We would rent a house for a week. The two of us, sometimes we would have like some other couples that come in for a couple of days and this beach and like, there's the boardwalk and it was so special for us that celebrated our childlike enthusiasm for life. Mm -hmm. And which is like something that Nick and I like really thrive on is this like the grounding and play. Yeah. The grounding factor in our relationship, the sustainability of our relationship is rooted in joy and play. Mm -hmm. And this was a year in to open our relationship. I was with my partner that, um, and I've talked about it on this before, We he had broken up with, he broke up with me the next year, four days after we broke up. That was a very tumultuous relationship, intense relationship, took a lot of my focus and attention away from this. Mm-hmm. We were there and in down the shore, the two of me, Nick and I, we were just going through it. Like it was, we just had started therapy, I think, or I don't know if we had, I think we I did. I don't think we had. Or we were close. If anything, it was early. It was early stages. stages And we just weren't happy. We weren't in joy. Mm -mm. And even the play, and I think my back actually wound up going out. Mm -hmm. That was when my back went out. And so I couldn't move. Like there was just so much happening. I remember having an overwhelming energetic of just like trying to be mindful while that was going on, Mm -hmm. while also navigating like landmines of like what to say and what not to say in that space. Mm-hmm. Cause we were just, it was, the bubbles were at this, at the surface. Like yeah. it was just, it was there really like in it. And, mm-hmm. I, and I remember just like, be careful of what I say here. Let me be mm-hmm. mindful of how I say this here. Cause this is happening and this is happening. And yeah, I remember that. It was so hard. And there was this feeling of that we were losing our joy, Yeah, that we were losing it, that it was, you know, and this was our sacred thing. This was what was ours, mm-hmm. was our joy. 
And one of the ways we connected with it was going down the shore and doing, you know, playing mini golf and eating cheese fries and doing all this stuff, which fast forward, we do all of this still and in complete play and joy. But there was this moment where we needed to accept that something was different, that our relationship as we knew it had changed. And I hadn't accepted that until then. I was distracted as fuck by this other partner trying to work out my trauma with this person, Mm. right? Which is something that polyamory was for me in the beginning was just like stuff that didn't necessarily come up in our relationship came up in other relationships and allowed me to play out these scenes and these, these ways of being subconsciously at that point, I didn't even realize what was happening. Now, of course I understand it. And trying to heal, right? But if we don't have that awareness yeah. of what is happening, we just repeat, patterns, repeat, repeat, repeat patterns. and repeat and oftentimes cause harm to ourselves, mm. sometimes to others. Oh yeah. And, you know, nothing to say in shame. It's, we don't have oftentimes the tools or the understanding, right? That's why things like therapy, uh, the work that I do is really powerful and helpful to bring that awareness in. But for me, yeah, that was that. There was a mourning that was happening. Yeah. Time spending and words of affirmation are really important to me. When time spending isn't how I like expect it to be or isn't fulfilling, like in this case, I have a very hard time with it, mm-hmm. a very hard time. And don't give myself space to feel sad in that because I'm like, well, we're supposed to be having fun. God damn it. They're like, this is not helping my fun. <laughs> Being so, like, the intensity around that, yeah. having fun, like yeah. I, need, I need flow treat. Mm-hmm in my interactions. It also plays a really big part in my foreplay, mm-hmm. to be honest, like the build up to having closer intimate connections with people, mm-hmm. having that flow and that, that energetic, that's just, I don't know, peaceful. And like, mm-hmm. it's just like, we're falling into it rather than like running, sprinting toward it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, glad you <laughs> came to that more. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. 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 And I tend to sprint a lot. You sprint. I'm a sprinter. You're a sprinter for sure. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the folder. You're a sprinter. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> But in this, I'm like specifically talking about this idea. And we've had this before. It's like, if something goes wrong when we're in an experience, I can't accept it. Right? Like, and this happens with you and I a lot. Yes. This is what's happening. I've gotten a lot better at it. Yeah. Of just accepting that this is the way. But it's like my time, my energy, my money, like I'm putting it into this experience and it's not going the way that I wanted it to go. And so that was happening when we were down the shore. Mm-hmm. It was a throat <laughs> ass time. It was. Like we were really bumping hands yeah. left, left and right. And there was this worry that just, is this it? Is our joy gone? Like has polyamory snatched our joy? I didn't feel like that. I, I did. I didn't feel it snatched our joy. I, I just felt like right now, um, polyamory has misplaced uh, our joy and like it is still there we just we have to just work our way back to it and also yeah i didn't think that the cord that it tethers us to that mm-hmm. that joy and play has we have to reconstruct it, it has to be like, mm. re- reshaped reformed we have like That's it's beautiful st- it's still there but it doesn't it's not going to exist like it was before it's, it's going to look a little little different that's the piece right there. That's the wisdom nugget of this entire episode. Wisdom nugget. <laughs> Number 85. <laughs> <laughs> like that's it. Is that what the tether, right? The, the grounding rod, the roots mm-hmm. of your relationship have most likely will change yeah. to an extent. Yeah. Some things will not, mm-hmm. right? Some things will not, especially in a relationship where there's a lot of foundational work, yeah. right? So yes, I'm not saying like everything needs to be uprooted, Mm -mm. but 
the things that you have relied on as those markers yeah. are going to change, yes. right? Yes. And part of opening needs to be recognizing what do those new markers look like or what does that tether look like to keeping feeling secure yeah. and safe? Yeah, it's not getting so lost in the idea of like your roots not becoming roots anymore. Yeah. But connecting with the fact that they're still roots, mm-hmm. but they're just like, I don't know, coated in sprinkles. <laughs> And, di- and diamonds now and like you know maybe one root like falls off because it doesn't really serve the, mm-hmm. the the way the relationship is has been reconfigured but like the roots are still there mm-hmm. and they're still connect- connecting us they just they just look a little different they yeah different shape different profile like you know mm-hmm. they're, made, they're made out of different substance mm-hmm. yeah and so i think that's it i think we cling to things to make us feel safe we do this in relationship all the time yes we do and literally the foundation of your relationship or ours, or you know, whoever is changing, possibly crumbling, mm-hmm. and so you're grabbing onto things like restaurants or jokes that are just yours. Yeah. Or it's very important for me to feel special. My specialness has oftentimes equaled me feeling safe. Mm-hmm. Something else I've really worked on. Still a little bit of a struggle for me, but that's something that even in other relationships, not like, you know, our relationship, but other relationships that I have tried to have. Yeah. It's not my favorite when a partner is like, oh, I just took this person to this place. Now I'm going to take you to this place. Yeah. Like that everything has to be like, if they do it, I do it with them. For me, I want things that are just ours. And so, because that makes me feel special and in turn safe. And to an extent, I think that's okay. Right. When I try to resource that only. Right. But I think it is okay to have things that are just between you and one person. Yeah. Right. And so when you're open in your relationship from a partnership that was already there, it's like, yeah, like, what can you do? Because that's the beauty of it. The root of that is that not everyone can fulfill every need that we have. Right. And so, you know, maybe you love going to concerts or you love going to bowling or something and your partner's like, no, I don't want to do that. And like, you never really got to do that. They do it every now and then. So like, You find someone that loves that thing and you do it with them. You form new things that are like special, right? Or connected or fun. And you push your edge with some of the other things, right? There's also this idea that like things that are really important to you, you might want to like share with all your people. Yeah. Right? There are no rules in how we need to move through polyamory. Or consensual non-monogamy. Oh, well, just the ones you create yourself. It's just the ones that you create yourself. And they also feel good. For everyone. For everyone. There's a certain part of like relationship anarchy that mm-hmm. I feel like I can only lightly touch on it. But the basis of that feels like it's okay if those things crumble and fall away. And like you're not putting mm-hmm. anyone ahead of anyone else. And that's a tough thing to contend with when you are moving out of a space of, like, yes. you know, rooted monogamy. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's going to make it that much harder. Especially when you're like living with someone or married to someone, you know, share a life and bills and things like that with someone, right? There are some things that just are going to weigh out a lot of times, right? With someone that you are with every single day. And, you know, in my relationships, I've always just, I really like making people also feel special. That's also a trauma response. All that stuff is, (laughs) is trauma response. And I think we can take those things also and make them authentic to us. And as we heal, you know, I I like to call out that stuff, but I also like to recognize that there's beauty in it as well. You know, being able to, to really, um, 
show up for people in particular ways, you know? Feeling special that like that's yeah, everyone wants to be wants to feel special. Everyone wants to feel special. Everyone wants to feel seen. Everyone wants to feel loved. Mm-hmm. So when we are moving through these unknown spaces, mm-hmm. it is really important to try to remember with whom you're starting this journey with. Yeah. It's just like it's important to honor that bond. Like you yes. have to show up in a thoughtful way, like especially in the beginning. And every now and then you're going to expand a little bit, but also just like kind of reiterating and reshifting. Like, all right, what can we do to kind of reestablish a connection between the two of us? If this, if the foundational essence of uh, the startup point is not like firm, like nothing else is going to work. Everything else is going to fall apart in my overall perception of it mm-hmm. and in my experience of it. So it is super important to just checking in and to also be speaking your truths like in the present moment rather than letting things like, you know, space off fester Fester. yeah fester like it's just not a healthy space to be in because animosities build you could easily be having two different experiences and like it doesn't correspond you're just like i wish we talked about this or Mm -hmm. i wish i had known so i could take ownership of that this thing yeah conversation and communication are really important and i think also taking it a step inward let's say yeah also what's your relationship with yourself like Hmm. Right. Cause all of this is, is, you know, we're talking about relationship with our partners, relationship with partners. And relationship. Super important. What is your relationship with yourself like? Super. What is that like? Yeah. Because that really, that's at the center, center of it all. That's the nugget. That's the nugget. <laughs> nugget. Nugget. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's it is what's going on there. Yeah. What are you trying to get from someone else? What need are you trying to get from someone else that you might be able to meet yourself first? Yeah. Not to say that you still can't get that need met elsewhere, but part of that is recognizing, oh wait, I have to meet this need for myself. Sometimes that's just asking for something of someone else, but sometimes that's dropping in. And oftentimes, what did I have I, you know, talked about this whole time about safety is a lot of times relationships open, we feel unsafe because that which we knew, that which is familiar, that which is known, which relationships are never known, but we think they are. Yeah. Right? We think- We've been conditioned to think think we we know. To think that you marry someone, you're with them forever. You make a commitment with someone, it means you have to be with them forever. And that's just not the case. Things ebb and flow. You can commit and really hope for that, you know, with you and I, like- Every day I sit at my altar and, and really hold space for us to live a long, happy life together and grow old together. <laughs> that's, that's nice. You know, and and part of that is my is my safety yeah. <laughs> as well, right? And so there's also needs to be space for life. Yeah. And so that's part of that gripping onto those things that are ours or that are sacred. It's like, well, why are they sacred? Mm -hmm. What really, what need are they really, truly meeting? Yeah, there's going to be a core thing there. Yeah, and oftentimes there's something around safety Mm -hmm. and it's something about your relationship with yourself. And how much outsourcing have you been doing? Mm. Right? And some people are like, I've been outsourcing this the whole goddamn time. Oh, oh me my goodness. too. I was, that was that. That was what I was doing. I didn't understand. Yeah. This is when we get into attachment styles. Anxious attachment tends to do that more. Anxious attachment tends to need more self-regulation whereas yeah. a, or co-regulation, right? Needs to that other person to be like, are you there? Is, are things safe? Um, whereas an avoidant person, that tends to be too much, yeah. <laughs> right? They They are more, way more self- you know, island-like and self-regulated, there's those things in play as well. 
But yeah, I think it's really important. It always comes back to our relationship with ourselves and how we are using the relationships that are in, whether it's one or, or, or many, to try to get our needs met. Yeah, you say that, I was like, hmm. Because it's yeah. just resonating in, my, in me. Hmm. In a different way. Our relationships with ourselves. Like, yeah. what, like what are we outsourcing? What are we uh, not calling from within Yeah. to address? Most of the time, that's there's something there. Even if it still is in relationship with someone else, letting something go on too long, letting yourself being treated a particular way. And, and again, like, you know, there are, there are times where things happen, abusive relationships. I'm not just going to be like, oh, it's your fault if you let this happen. No, no. no. And come back home and see what's going on and what you need, right? You How you can take care of yourself. Your own home. Yeah. You are home. Mm-hmm. Feels like a good moment to complete. I concur. You are home. You are home. Thank you so much for listening. Follow me at sexually underscore liberated on Instagram. Almost 10,000 followers. Woo. <laughs> I'm really excited about that. And check out my website at BrittanyPellacaster.com. And we are on Twitter. Eventually I will post on Twitter. But we have a Twitter account. It is K Table Podcast. Follow me at Nick Anthony Photo on Instagram and check out my website at nickantony.com. Editing by Audionauts, music by Greta Hotma. And please like, subscribe, and follow this podcast. Share it with a friend. Leave us five stars if you're like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. Uh, or if you're like, I like this, you can still leave us five stars and share this podcast. Hey, help us spread the kitchen table love, guys. Hey. Whoa. <laughs> Until next time. Until next time.